All right. And we are live with our 26th episode of Absolute AppSec. I'm Ken Johnson at CK Tricky on Twitter. Uh, I'm joined by my co-host, Seth Law, at Seth Law on Twitter. Seth, say hi. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming along today. Um, we're joined today by Justin Larson. Justin has come along with us. Um, he, obviously, he's actually at my house, I guess I should say, right? Um, we're, we're hosting it live today um, because he lives here in Salt Lake City with me. I've known Justin for a little while. He's at Phantom Traveler on Twitter. Right? Yeah. At Regret of at, My Dame. <laughs> at Regret of My Dame. <laughs> I don't know. I, you know. I'm just at Seth Law. So, you know, at some point it became too much work to actually come up with something clever. So I just yeah. stuck with myself. Right? Um, I don't know. I, you know. Ken, did you have more you wanted to? No, but I think that Dave Corsi is going to be a little sad tonight. He's not going to be able to troll because he's doing dinner during the uh, podcast. He's not going to be able to troll Justin. I think he's a little upset. And uh, well, Next time we'll just have to have him on at the same time. Just let him pop in and out of the hangout. Right. Just so he can he can get his trolling quota in, right? Yeah, we could do a real time. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, just a little bit of background uh, background on Justin, and I, you know, I'll let you introduce yourself, and we'll re- we'll do the, the traditional run through of you know how you got into security and everything here in a bit a minute. Um, I met Justin a couple of years ago at B sides, I think it was. Saint Con. Oh, it was Saint Con. It was like three or four years ago, right? Yeah. Was um, one of the only people in your time. That's right. I, I gave a talk on uh, about building application security programs at Saint Con, and I think you and Kelly and Sean was it, right? Yeah. And yeah, Chris. Chris was there too. Oh, Chris was there. That's right, Chris. Is it because you weren't dropping any shales? You weren't pounding anything? Yeah, you were talking about common yeah, sense shit that has to happen. A, a software development life cycle and you know what you needed to do and I yeah. It wasn't the, the, the sexiest topic for those people. I should probably find that video now. <laughs> into that. Now that you're into that. I, I think I did that one a couple of times because I did it at B-Sides as well. That, and when we started organizing that. I mean, that was that was kind of as I got involved with organizing B-Sides. So Justin came to that. Um, I can't remember where you were working at the time, but we talked a lot about, um, yeah, yeah. just what, yeah. what we were doing. He came over. He worked with me and Ken. At Invisium for a while. So you ditched me. Yeah. Yeah. Until <laughs> so Ken and I quit. Yeah, that's right. That sounds about right. right. You know, it was all about you, Justin. Exactly. We we're trying we to just, get away. You know. We're like enough with Justin. Because <laughs> we work so often together. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just it, right? You know, we're always yeah. And then you know he's he's since moved on from Invisium as well. Um, he's doing application security. Uh, he's building an application security program currently. Uh, I guess you, what's your title now? Um, became a senior application security engineer. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, applica- yeah. senior application security engineer at Jane. Hyperinflated. Right? Yeah. Jane.com. Um, if you don't know what that is, ask your wives or yeah. ask your significant <laughs> others. They probably do. Um, it's kind of a boutique that sells clothing. Yeah. And- it's kind of like an Etsy where, a, where people, we're just a, I guess a place where you can sell stuff and just a platform for that. So we don't actually sell anything. Okay. We let people sell their stuff on our platform. So, okay. 
See, and I'd like, yeah, I mean, I know I've looked at it a few times, right? Like you've got sellers and they all, and then they have ratings and then yeah. they all log in. So uh, there's quite a few different components. Um, so similar yeah. to like an eBay or an Amazon or something like that, the platform works. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm actually um, looking at it right now. There's some pretty cool stuff on there. Cool stuff on there. Yeah. 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 I, yeah, I got a Beats by Shrew shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you should have worn that one. Man. You could have worn the you could have won the t-shirt game. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So uh, Justin and I have talked security stuff for a number of years. We thought it'd be fun to have him come on uh, and talk about building a program. Right? He's kind of the first guy. I mean, we know Chris Henderson that works there as well. He was kind of the first security guy over there, and Justin's the first application security guy. There's a whole bunch of devs writing a bunch of insecure. .NET code, I'm sure. Maybe. Right? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can go, you know, like we wanted to see, you know, part of the impetus of having you on was to talk through what you're experiencing, what you're going through, because it's something that we all kind of have gone through at one point or another. And if you're in application security, you're going to run into it, right? It's not just, um, it's not, it's not just all pen testing, right? It's not just all code review. Um, there's a lot of dealing with developers and other things. So we thought it'd be interesting to have get Justin's take on it now as he's first getting in. I mean, how long have you been at Jane now? Oh, three weeks. Three weeks? Okay. Yeah. So he's got enough of the lay of the land that we can get an, an initial like understanding of what his approach is going to be. And then we can revisit in six months or so and actually talk about how things ended up, what went well, what didn't go well. What I failed at, what yeah. I succeeded at. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So... So, um, yeah, I, I guess that's kind of the format that we'll follow tonight. Um, Ken will probably MC us. I don't have my laptop right in front of me. So if you've got questions, jump onto YouTube, jump into the Slack channel. Uh, let us know what you would like to like us to talk about. Um, otherwise, we'll just go ahead and, and, and dive right in. You so can I also send, I do want to say, you can also send uh, emails to absoluteappsec at gmail.com if you'd like your questions to be private. Um, or anonymous, I, I won't I won't put your name out there. We won't we won't put your name out there. Ken will, but Justin will. So <laughs> cool. Well, I, maybe let's uh, let's start. I mean, you know, since I've known you, you've done um, you've been in the security field, yeah. right? Um, that's what you were working on. I, was it Workfront? Yeah. So so maybe give us a little rundown of you know Justin. My story. You yeah, your your My story. Origin story. Your origin story. Right. Um, so I guess it starts all the way back in high school. Um, I, I took a programming class. Uh, I think we were writing with, I think it was called Dr. Scheme. I don't know if that okay. sounds familiar. I think that was the language. It was like some, it's kind of like Scratch, if you played with Scratch. Um, but then the next year I took computer science, AP computer science, and it was C++. And that kind of got me going in that direction. I haven't looked at C or done C++ since, but <laughs> I did pass the AP test, so that was good. Um, but then I took off a few years, tried to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, and wasted a lot of time. Uh -huh. and, um, and then I ended up at the University of Utah, and I was studying um, information systems. And I also had an internship at Novell, if anybody remember Novell. Um, it was definitely after their heyday. <laughs> but um, the first thing that, I've, that like led me down to the security path was 
uh, we were a bunch of interns working on a collaboration platform and it had a it had a tiny mce i think that's what they call it or editor okay yeah and it allowed allowed javascript and so we would build these like dashboards or landing pages and i put in javascript to on mouse over to rickroll my team members so it would just pop up the rick astley and then a developer came over one day um, cause he's working with us on something and he saw that happen and he's like, well, that's a cross-site scripting. I'm like, what's a cross-site scripting. Um, and so that led me down the path to, uh, get interested in security. Um, I started doing more of those types of tests on the application. And, um, then I took a security class in college, like the only useful class that I took in college, I think. Um, sorry. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. It's for suckers, but, um, <laughs> Yeah, and I didn't get a job in security uh, right out of college. Um, I got a job as, uh, I guess, a sysadmin or an, on a knock. Okay. At, the company was at task at the time. It later changed to work front, just a project management type yeah. um, place. And uh, I was on that team for like a year and a half, and I did a lot. I, I had I have a weird background because I'm a sysadmin, but I also like to do development. I've never been like really trained on development. So it's like, I'm not classically trained, I guess you could say. So it's all been like on my own. And like, I built a lot of tools that we used on the knock, like um, visualizing traffic and some, some other dashboards and stuff like that. And that caught the attention of our friend, Chris. Okay. Um, and he was on security. Um, he was on, the only one on security, doing security at Workfront. And he wanted to bring me over to uh, just do the same thing, like build dashboards, pulling. He had a bunch of tools that had APIs that he wanted data from. He wanted it all in one place. And so um, I landed over there. And it's it funny, he gave me like a list um, or like the job description of what he wanted. It was application security. Okay. And like, it all terrified me because <laughs> I didn't feel like good enough to do any of it. Um, but uh, he kind of took me under his wing and showed me what to do. And um, he's the reason I'm in security, I think. So uh, like my goal out of college was to get into security like within five years. And so I'm not, I was already, like way ahead of my goal. Um, so yeah, just so I, did security work front for a few years. And by the end, when I left is when I was actually an application security engineer, I felt like. Yeah. Um, and then I went to Invisium and now I'm at Jane. So cool. still feel like, I think because I'm not like a, I don't consider myself a real developer that I don't like, I don't know, that insecurity of not being enough for application security, but it's just something we all, have I think get over but yeah Yeah, I mean that that imposter syndrome is is pretty common um I I mean you know I I feel it all the time especially because it's been so long since I've done like really active um I'm working on a big project development I mean I I do the little stuff like you know hacker tracker and some of the security tools and stuff like that but that's not the same as building you know a huge platform or um you know, being involved in an enterprise team with daily standups and, yeah. you know, feature requests and all of that that goes into it. Um, 
so it's so it's not uncommon, right? It, like, yeah. but I I do think it's interesting because we do get a lot of, um, you know, crossover with the like this the network security teams definitely, right? Somebody right. that works in a knock style environment, um, or as a system administrator, like there's a lot of that tooling. Mm -hmm. When I was coming up, because I did some Java development for I, I Omega, right? But then I also that I got pulled over to the you know, sysadmin team to do tooling, right? Yeah. It's basically what it was. Um, and luckily there was one guy, I mean, there was a lot of crossover between the two teams at that time, but it was, you know, they're, you know, they're, we took it pretty seriously as far as how we were going to actually write some of those tools yeah. and, you know, make sure that it was properly done. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, the crossover happens all the time and yeah. At least you know what XSS is now, right? Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I guess. Kind of. <laughs> I found it a few times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so at this point, you you've been in the industry or whatever for you know ten years, I guess, somewhere around. Uh, no, it's like so. Yesterday was like my six year anniversary getting my first job. So no, but not even. See, you're killing it. Yeah. I, I feel pretty lucky. Um, listening to Jason last or two weeks ago, like he struggled to get that push into security, it seemed like. And I kind of fell into it. So it's, yeah, it's it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's good. Oh, well, I mean, what, what would your suggestions then be to someone that was on the development or the sysadmin side that wanted to make the jump to security? Um, just let security know that you have an interest in that. If there is a security, if not, then do what Jason did and go out of your way to like be a secure developer or, or whatever type of security you want. Like, um, I think that was like when I first started at, at Task, um, I let them know that security is where I wanted to go. I didn't know which, I mean, there's so many avenues of security, Yeah. Um, but I didn't know which one, but I let them know that and um, what like if within the first couple of weeks, me and Chris were just talking about this the other day. Like they had, were starting to give projects away, like um, diversified teams, and like I ended up. Chris gave me. I had to manage OSEC. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it was a nightmare, uh, but it was good. Um, not necessarily application security stuff, but it was security events and all that stuff. So. Um, it was good. Cool. But I mean, I think the biggest thing is to make it known, like let people know that that's where you want to go. Um, and then look for a mentor. Like Chris was my mentor. Partly you, I would think more towards the application security side. Yeah. So um, yeah, I think that's been the biggest reason for a success. Yeah. Is I, I mean, you know, to be honest, right? Like, yeah. And I think about like having mentors or having mentees or whatever it is, but that's such a weird word. I know it is mentee. <laughs> We're manatees. Ken, are you signed in twice? Oh, never mind. No, yeah. So I'm sorry. I actually dropped off for a second there. Wi-Fi connections. Well, we're still running. Fall asleep? Or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no falling asleep. No, I, what I what I was going to say about you know mentors and mentees and everything, right? Like when I when we talk about that path, we've talked about it a few times. Is actually being getting active in the community, mm -hmm. right? 
like you've helped out with HackWest and stuff like that. You keep you slowly expand that circle, and you kind of find those people that are interested in similar things. Um, I mean, that's how Ken and I got to know each other as well, right? Um, well, I, I guess I did like hire Ken on over at Fishnet way back in the day, right? Yeah, Seth was the one who interviewed me. As a matter of fact, you and Dave, you and Dave Ferguson, who is going to come on the show, as a matter of fact, but um. Yeah, you and Dave Ferguson were the ones that interviewed me ever at Fishnet to go from um, uh, somewhat similar background, Justin, as yourself, kind of did, started more on network and sysadmin side, and then um, but had an interest in programming and, and AppSec just because it was needed or I was at, and so similar similar kind of role was it was kind of lucky in a way. Yeah, well, I think we all kind of feel that way. Fortunate in finding finding our path to security, right? Um, but there's very few people that I know of that, you know, we hired directly out of school into security. Uh, and even then, right, you know, you hire them into some position and that may not necessarily be the fit for yeah. them. Um, so yeah, I've definitely seen that more than once where someone was hired for security and ended up saying, I mean, and I think we all three mutually know some people who were like, no, I don't want to do security anymore. I want to go back to development. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not for everyone. And there's not, and there's no shame in that, right? You know, finding something that is, you know, better for you or more, yeah, more up your up your alley, I guess. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons why I left Invision. Um, I love hacking and all that, but I like building things as well, like probably more like an opportunity to build a program or like even just build apps to help with the application security is, like something that I really want to get into. And I miss like at Workfront, we, another way to, to get, I think involved is like working on open source projects. And uh, Chris, he made me, uh, well, we, we were working on Lair. I don't know if you've heard of Lair. It's like a, a framework to do collaboration during a pen test. And uh, Tom Steele, I don't know if you know him, but he's the one that built it originally. And yeah. And uh, I wrote some, uh, they had, well, what do they call them? It would just ingest like an MMAP result and then put it into layer. Yeah. And I wrote like one. importers or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, and so I wrote a couple for some tools that I used. I can't remember off the top of my head what they were. Um, and then I spoke about it at B-Sides, um, probably the B-Sides after we met. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and then... Also, we built a, a tool called uh, OSX Strata, which is funny. It's that's how we met Scott or got in contact. Scott worked at when he worked at Yelp. He built, uh, or he was on the team that built um, OSX Collector. Okay. And we were doing front like it. It does forensics on um, OSX machines and puts everything into a big JSON file. Yeah. And me and Chris were running that, and we were we would do forensics on these machines and it would take um, still like a long time, like a week or so to like go through with JQ and looking up all the information on uh, this hash of this file is malicious or whatever. Um, so we wrote Strata to pull in all the data, look at all the open source um, repositories of like known files and, and like virus total, like send off files of virus total and other places. So it, um, we presented on that at, at SanCon as well. Um, but that was just like a cool way to get involved, I think. 
Um, although I haven't really maintained that, but I think that's the usual thing in open source. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're looking to maybe revise it and rebuild it. Um, I built it all with Meteor JS, and that's yeah. it's kind of gone downhill. <laughs> so I'll probably rebuild it um, with just no or do you do Ruby, right, Ken? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which we were talking about earlier. People yeah. hating on JavaScript or Ruby, which is... Uh, yeah, which, which one is worse, right? <laughs> That's Stefan. Yeah, where's Stefan? He need, oh, he God. Needs... <laughs> we need Stefan. Where is Stefan? He'll pull out some language, language none of us have heard about, but that'll be the solution, right? Yeah, exactly. No, I mean... It's, I don't know, language arguments are always, because, I mean, you know, I clearly I get a lot of, like, people messing with me about the whole Ruby thing, and my stance is always the same. Use the language you feel like using for, you know, whatever, if it's the most effective thing for, it's like, it's like saying, because I have a hammer, I can't use a wrench. Like, it may not be the most appropriate thing, given whatever task you're, you're going for, or maybe the appropriate thing. It's, a, it's just an argument I'm always kind of like, eh. That hadn't been said. Um, I don't know if you all caught it, but the uh, the um, oh, was it uh, is it Ryan, the creator of uh, Node.js? Um, is it Ryan? Ryan? Sorry, give me one sec here, because he did like a uh, yeah Ryan Dahl. So he did a uh, he did a talk on the um, ten things he regrets about Node.js. Um, and like, interestingly, uh, and I'll paste the link in here. Interestingly, one of those things is, um, is, uh, security. So the yeah. MPM, I mean, yeah, we've, well, I mean, that, that's why they, they took over the NSP group, right? The node security project people. Yeah. They're now officially a part of NPM, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, but and what's what's crazy is that what was it just two weeks ago or something like that we had the 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 malicious npm package that was installed where it um it uh uh what did it do I think it it had access to the file system oh, right so it did, come again elist elint scope or something like that or mm -hmm. eslint scope I think yeah. And so it was just, it had access to the file system. And I, I think it was reading your NPM creds uh, and then uploading it to um, a server or, or something along those lines. It was exfilling your, your NPM config files, which have tokens in them, which is why they, which is why I think that they had ended up having everybody rotate their, uh, their uh, tokens. So, and I think, but I'd have to look at his talk, but I can't remember if it was like, because NPM, uh oh uh oh he froze he froze again all right so it was something with npm <laughs> <laughs> well, well we'll keep talking then <laughs> um yeah so uh, you know as far as other projects that you've worked on well and, and maybe we'll just dive straight in um since we have lost ken somewhere along the line here yes, he is he is out. Um, so let's talk about your approach, right? I, I mean, that was the next thing that we wanted to get into anyway. Was kind of what what um, what you're finding um, going into a program where there is no security, 
right? So, you know, stepping into that role, what is the first thing that you jumped into? What was the first thing that you did? Um, Ken, you're back now. Yeah, I was just saying, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but just to close that whole thing out, I just thought it was interesting because I think I think it's still going. Are we still online? Oh, it wasn't it was working. Slack. Not Slack. Sorry for the technical difficulties, guys. Yeah, sorry. I don't know what's sorry, going on tonight. Yeah. I don't know. If, is that is that us or is that your connection that's dropping? I think it's my connection. I think it's my my repeater. Okay. So you were saying. You found it interesting that, and then it crashed. That Ryan Dahl just did this talk on NPM being insecure and that um, in terms of uh, package management, and then we have this issue not very long, not very long after where yeah. that that's exploited. So I just thought that was pretty interesting, but I did put the link to the talk <clears throat> in the uh, YouTube chat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, everybody should go check that out. I remember when he did, I mean, there was a, there's that talk, but I, I felt like there was something a while ago that he put up that was similar to that, right? Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but I, I mean, that's what I've been doing the last couple of weeks is uh, I've been just doing recon. I'm trying to figure out what we've got. Yeah. And so, um, I mean, so give us an idea, like how, how many developers are you dealing with? There's only 50, which is a, pretty good ratio, I think, for security, application security. Um, we'd obviously like more, but I mean, um, at Workfront, I was like one to 120 or something like that okay. for a while. And then it was two for the whole group after a while. But um, yeah, so we've got 150 or so repositories. Not all of them are like prod stuff, but a lot of them are. We've got a lot of microservices and things like that. So um, the main um, monolith or stack is uh, .NET. And then the other is there's some Node and React and and things like that. So I'm trying to do a lot of just using open source dependency check and dependency track. Um, Although dependency check does not support NPM or Node anymore, Technically, oh, really, because it says it has a lot of false positives, huh. so um, that's been a little frustrating. So at that point, have you switched over to like like NSP? We were just talking about NSP. Have you tried that? Um, so yeah, or that's the what is it? Sneak or Snick or whatever. Yeah, I'm not sure how to Snike. say it. Snike. Yeah. <laughs> um, the npm just the npm audit that runs whenever you do an npm install, right? So that actually gives pretty good results. I've found. Okay. Um, but in, I can't import that into dependency track where I want to hold all of it. So there is some, um, you can get a, uh, what it, it gives like a bill of materials. There's a script, there's a project out there that you can do to import the bill of materials into dependency track. And then it'll, it'll look up the stuff, the vulnerabilities for those packages or, or dependencies. Um, but it's, it's just clunkier. Yeah. And uh, um, I kind of 
went full bore and I was thinking I was going to use dependency track and dependency check and I wrote scripts to like pull in all the repositories in one swoop. And for NPM audit and dependency track, you have to do, it has to be installed. It can't be a locked pack, package JSON. Okay. Uh -huh. It has to be, well, it has to have the node modules installed. Yeah. So I wrote the script. So I install, NPM install, and then run the checks. And it took like, takes like an hour or so to run and then import into the dependency track. Um, and I'm finding that I don't, like, it might be one of those situations where it's better to buy some, like, a, a sync or whatever it is instead of um, dependency track. Um, but we'll see. I'm still still looking to do a POC of that and maybe I think it's Black Duck, yeah. something like that. So, um, but yeah. It's always interesting. I, I, like, I, I didn't realize that uh, Jeremy or dependency check, Jeremy Long, have you met Jeremy before? I, I didn't realize that they have dropped support for Node. Ken, did you know that? No, but it doesn't surprise me. It's like, the um have you ever take i mean have you ever taken a well obviously justin has taken a deep dive look at the uh at how those at the complexity of all of the packages that end up getting included in a project yeah yeah it's not trivial no no it's you know it's not right and it never has been um i mean that's where i like I, I do like swing towards something that is more native to the to the specific project, like NSP or Node Security Project. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a lot of work because it you have to weed out the false positives. Yep. As like as security. Wait, wait, wait. There's false positives. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Imagine that. In a static analyzer, <laughs> I am. So surprised. Shock, shocking. Because yeah. um, I don't, I don't want to be the security guy that just throws stuff to developers without checking. Like, yeah, it just then it immediately becomes combative and it doesn't work. And I did things like that at work from before I learned how to better work with developers. And so, um, I mean, it's a lot of time to sit and look at all stuff through dependency track and um, make sure that they're all real results and so I think that might be the case to pay for something yeah so but. okay so uh, like your initial just like swat at hey i'm coming in i'm the new guy mm -hmm. first thing i want to do is understand what's out there mm -hmm. right? it, it, i mean realistically that's what you're doing right yep. is what's out there and what like what dependence we have dependencies we have so that i understand kind of what, where the risk profile is at yep. um what else are you doing? I mean, that kind of sounds like that's the technical side. What are you doing about kind of this relationship side? Like what you're saying, like you're not just throwing results to the developers. Yeah. So right now I'm not, I'm formulating plan. That's not really okay. much. I mean, we're trying to go to do like their demo, like sprint demos and just kind of get involved that way. Um, I'm going to work on picking one team to work with and roll out some processes um, around. I I'm gonna focus first on maybe doing some secure training with the developers and then also um, static scans with like PumaScan. Okay. Yeah. Um, and get that process going. And then also working with the product owners. Um, I really want to use um, Go SDL from Slack. Yeah. Um, even though it's written in PHP, it says Go SDL. <laughs> <laughs> but 
um, use that in the requirements and design phase um, to like get a risk assessment of like endpoints or whatever they're going to start working on. My goal is to be able to track from design all the way to deployment, like an endpoint parameters are going into it, what kind of data, like the whole risk profile of that endpoint all the way through the whole process. And that's kind of where I want to go and hopefully I can get there with those tools. But if not, then I'll build my own build something. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, Go SDL, if you haven't played with it, it you know, those, of, those of you that are watching is it, is it's not the, it's not a sim, it's not a pen testing tool right the whole idea is that you're um, it's it's a program tool right yeah. you know you've got to you've got to have something that a developer can come into and say you know uh, give you the details about the application so that you can then pen test you can then figure out if you need to do some sort of a static analysis on it or if the risk profile is so low that you don't have to it's it's interesting that Slack has released, like, you know, that they built the tool and then turned around and released it. Yeah. I, I, I think the biggest equivalent that I can think of from past jobs is something like an Archer or like a um, almost a bigger project management utility, right? Yeah. But that's pretty specific to, uh, you know, uh, software development life cycle as opposed to just your generic project management. Yeah. So have you already rolled that out at all? Oh, no, to? no, I'm just, just I'm playing with it right now to see if it'll actually work yeah. in our environment. Like I haven't, I haven't done that much. Like I was commissioned first to do AWS. Okay. Um, so I have a little bit of skills in AWS stuff. So um, just going in there and doing some auditing yeah. of the environment's been my num like my number one thing lately. So not, not specifically AppSec, but it's, Definitely still. Oh yeah, it's, it's pretty related. I mean, we always talk about the keys and the you know the stuff that gets stored. And yeah. I mean, you know, Ken, have you, have you played with Weird Al yet? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. Me and Callahan tried it on a, on a test a few weeks ago. Sweet. A month ago. Yeah. So it's good. Yeah. It could use some some TLC and some updating, but um... it's an open source project. Yeah, so yeah. so you know, you guys probably will never do another commit, right? <laughs> no. Yeah. No. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I haven't done much on it at all lately, but um, that's really Chris's. He's the lead pro project lead. So if stuff doesn't get done, you can complain. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how it goes. That's how it goes. Hey, it's, it's not under my repo, then, you know, and it's under his, and that's exactly how that's going to go. I don't get the stars for that. Come on. What are you thinking? Exactly. Hey, um, there was a question on what Slack, what was the name of the Slack application for? Uh, that, or that you had mentioned? It's Go SDL. Go oh, SDL. Interesting. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, um, you haven't. should be able to find it. Just look up Go SDL, all one word, and then Slack. And it'll it'll point you at the PHP application that they've written. <laughs> uh, why? No. Well, I, so my question there is like, okay, he's building this program. Ken, you're working at a, I, I mean, what, like a, Fortune 10 now, right? That it's my now that it's Microsoft or soon enough. Oh God! Also, you like how I said that any programming language can be used for any given task, and then I immediately shit on PHP. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a giant hypocrite. Yeah, um, that's, a <laughs> that's not PHP or ASP. We're just talking. 
<laughs> PHP doesn't get a vote. It doesn't count. No. Um, uh, what was your question? Oh, yeah. You yeah. said something about uh, something, something, Microsoft, something, something. I'm a shill who works for Microsoft. So I don't know, something like that. There we go. See, I just needed to have you like admit that you were the shill. No. Uh, so my question is, you know, being at GitHub, you know, you guys aren't the largest organization either. And obviously, you're bigger than than Jane, than the, the team that Justin's dealing with. But what sort of process do you have to onboard applications and what is it that you're using? I mean, I'm sure you're using GitHub for a lot of that, um, but how does that actually look internally to you? When you say, you well, yeah, so part of the, the whole thing is, I think when you say onboard, you mean like deploy into production? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that stuff has to go through um, essentially an ops group if it wants to get deployed and as part of the like effectively kind of the checklist for um, what all gets as part of the checklist. It's, you know, hey, you need to open a uh, review uh, for um, for us to take a look and to see if it basically allow us to classify it as, um, you know, what domain it sits on. Um, what level of access it gets, what priority uh, in terms of risk classification. I shouldn't say priority. I should say what risk classification does it hold? Because um, remember, like, we don't want to put everything on um, github.com, like a subdomain of github.com, if it <clears throat> if it doesn't make sense, right? There's a lot of apps that belong to GitHub, so um, but only ones that uh, we would consider, I guess, uh, high, I don't want to say high Risk. I'd say high. I would. I would say high business priority. Like they, for for one reason or another, they fall under that um, that classification. Uh, that would sit. Those those limited number of apps can sit on GitHub.com. The rest might go to GitHubapp.com or something like that. So, um, yeah, it's it's kind of. And then you see some, like for instance, all the uh, pages sites they go to GitHub.io subdomain of GitHub.io. So again, that's kind of like how. At a very high level, we kind of do it. You you have to go through a process. We classify where it goes, or help classify, or help work with developers, and um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's going to be the the question is how it responds and how you're actually able to build out that process. I mean, is there already something for you to to slot into as far as a build process or a deployment process they're they're actually working like they don't have like anything documented like sdlc type okay uh so that is actually something they're working on so I'm, it's actually good that i'm sliding in now so we can build the whole sdlc while security is being built so it's um so i don't feel like such a foreigner coming in and saying this baby's ugly yeah i think um so yeah i'm just trying to get into those processes that are going to be Cool. By by the way, if it helps at all, um, you, if you have like a uh, uh, speaking of GitHub, if you have like a repository for tracking those types of um, you know new apps coming online or things like that, um, you can create templates on GitHub.com. You guys might know this already, but uh, and then when you open an issue, it's already got a template of questions that they should fit you know fill in, sort of like you would with a Google form, and then you just fill it in and then submit the issue. Okay. Yeah, that's kind of what Go SDL does as well. Oh yeah. Okay. Ask, like similar questions, like 
like obviously if the developers are just gonna like fix a drop down like security like we probably don't need to be that involved um but if they're changing authentication flow that's something you really want to be aware of um like i've talked to chris a lot about this but i think the biggest battle for security is trying to figure out like to know what your risks are and the unknown is way worse than the known yeah even like just because you know you're way ahead of the game if you know those risks because you can prepare for the eventual demise or, or whatever but I mean, that's the biggest battle I think that we face is trying to figure out the unknown and figure out what people are hiding from us. Um, well, I mean, you know, in an organization where you're only 50 devs, it seems like that would be an easier thing to figure out, right? Like all your code's hosted in one location mm -hmm. or it should be, it's all going through kind of a standard process being pushed out to, you know, AWS in your mm -hmm. instance, you know? And so like, I imagine you can kind of get your hands around that. I, I think about some of the times that I spent at like, at the bank right like at zion's bank i worked for there for a while and you know that's a that's an organization that's been out around for you know a hundred years mm -hmm. and they've had developers since you know whenever they installed that first mainframe like ibm way back in the day so there's there's code there that's running that they don't even have decompiled anywhere right they don't have the source code for it anymore yeah. and it's fairly critical to hey one portion of running the ledger in in the mainframe so it, it, is that it, the code it, that you left there? Yeah, that's the code that I left there. <laughs> that's the code I didn't touch that we weren't allowed to, to look at or breathe on. Um, but I, you know, like that was always the biggest challenge with with them was there were so many disparate organizations. As a security team, yeah. we had no idea what our risk profile was. Right? It was like, hey, we knew about ZionsBank.com and we knew that the mainframe and where it was, and you know, X, Y, and Z. But, you know, some like little old lady would retire from the bank and a critical function stopped happening. And all of a sudden people are scrambling because yeah. she's no longer there to fill out, you know, one form that <laughs> that the general ledger needs yeah. to complete its daily processing. Right. So that sort of stuff, you just had no idea until somebody actually stepped away. Um, and like, so I, so I feel like there's a there's a good like you have a good opportunity to wrap your hands around it and actually yeah. put something in place right like i think uh jane is about seven years old so it's not like a new company but it's still still feels like a baby like it's infancy uh -huh. in the process and, and things like that so there's still plenty of opportunity to to get in there and make sure we start doing things the right way and don't get old habits and things like that so so deploy some more microservices is that, yeah. Yeah. That, that is the new thing so it works well if you built it that way yeah um so that's all we care. <laughs> I don't know, but like, yeah, it's like at Workfront, we there was a, a move to AWS, and as soon as developers got wind of that, like there were I want to say like eight or nine AWS accounts spun up, like separate accounts. Yeah, like not just like separate IAM users, like separate AWS accounts, and we had no idea what was going in or where. Or yeah, it was uh, a little terrifying and frustrating um, because there was no process behind it and, and things like that. So we built another tool that uh, pulled in all the CloudTrail logs and all that stuff and monitored. But um, yeah, and just learning, trying to figure out what is going on and, and knowing it at least. 
like we were able to determine like a whole bunch of people were using root um to log in without multi-factor setup and yep and then it, it's really fun to watch like cloud shell logs of security groups when they set it up first the right way like specified port and like if they're just wanting to hit it from their ip address and then five minutes later the same security group changes to zero dot zero zero yeah um it's very enlightening and it's it's good to know um because i mean and prepare for that, I guess, but it's it's fun to watch that. Well, hope, hopefully, it won't be as bad. Yeah, right. You know. no, it's not so far. So far, it's a lot better. But no, I, I mean, I will be interested to hear what tools you end up using, right? Um, both from a like, hey, this is what we're running the program with, right? Whether whether Go SDL works, um, you know, I've got somebody that I'm working with right now that's going through something similar, right? They've got a process like a form that they've built that somebody like inputs a whole bunch of, of data about an application, but there's no central like place for them to go to actually figure out what, like how many applications exist, right? So people will put random things in there and then it's like, all right, well, we're going to go do a full blown, you know, assessment against this application and it turns out that it's some back-end microservice that's used by one other application <laughs> that you know it just doesn't matter right yeah. but that's that's a fairly common problem to have as you grow and you get bigger yeah a big thing is to have a data classification policy that's that way you can know where to focus yeah so is that something that they've already built? Is that something you and Chris? Have um, Chris has, I mean I don't, I don't want you to reveal too much yeah, about what you know it's all, it's all good um Chris has said I haven't seen actual policy, but he says he's done it. He said so. He gave um, it to an auditor. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, sir. Um, like we're in a weird place at Jane because we there's no compliance driving security, which is odd for me um, coming from Workfront and others, other companies that we worked for at Invisium. Um, like everything is compliance driven. We have to do certain amount of things to pass compliance. At Jane, we don't have that because we don't handle any credit, or we handle credit cards, but we don't store credit cards or anything. We don't store, we don't have customer data that needs protecting, like, so we don't have to do sock audits. We're a private company, so Sarbanes-Oxley doesn't apply. Um, yeah, so it's, one reason I went there was because the CTO wanted security. Mm -hmm. And so, um, at Workfront, when we started security, we were trying to push security up through the, the teams, and, and we got a lot of frustration and uh, mad people at us, right? Yeah. Um, but here at Jane, it, it already feels better. Like, it feels good because they, they want to push security from the top down. Yeah. And so it makes our job easier um, to go in and say we we need to fix this, um, and I, I will say like if you don't, I'm going to tattle on you, or like, we're going to go higher. Like I don't want to be that guy, but like there there he the CTO wants a culture that is more aware of security, and so I, I mean that's a like from a like, when we go back to like the talk that I gave like years ago, like building application security in right that that was one of the things that I like to I always like to harp on was. You've got to find an executive sponsor. Right? There's got to be somebody high up in the organization that takes security seriously. Because if you don't have that backing, it's going to be very hard to change organizational behavior. Mm -hmm. um, 
I mean, we, you know, we definitely saw that. The bank, it was easier with a, you know, you've got the huge compliance, you know, hey, if you don't do this, then we don't, we don't pass, you know, or FFIC or whichever audit, like FDIC or, yeah. And so it was a lot easier to to force people into it and even those executives. um, But there, there, there were times that you were only doing security for compliance sake, not for security's sake. And that's where it becomes, I mean, that, that's more of an ideal situation, yeah. right? Yeah, that's fine, what we hope there's there's like. a fine line between the compliance and security, like having compliance for security, like it's, yeah, it can become just a box checking machine. Yeah. Which nobody wants. Nobody, well, nobody wants on security it. wants. Yeah. <laughs> the company, it may be cheaper for them to do it that way. Yeah. yeah. But, but you're right. You know, nobody in security wants it that way. Um, cool. Well, I'd like, you know, I know we're at, we're almost to five o'clock here, but um, at least where we're at, Ken. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was like, it actually did make you pause for a second. Like, mm, mm. not quite. <laughs> um, but we do want to like, you know, if you don't mind, well, you know, we will schedule something else out, you know, a few months and just yeah. kind of see, check in. Because I think it would be interesting to have, to have those discussions on how things yeah. are moving, how you're feeling like building the relationships with the developers is going my excellent adventure. Your, yeah. Your excellent adventure, right? Your excellent adventure in building out a security yeah. program. Um, because I, you know, we get slotted in it at multiple different times, right? Like the tools that would be useful to you and, and, you know, to me helping a client or something like that. Yeah. Um, they're different, but it's very much kind of the same approach that you have to take. It's just, a, you know, we're at different stages of building these programs out, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, Ken's program is completely, you know, formed at this point, pretty much. Yeah, I got lucky. I mean, I, I inherited, or well, I joined a team where these things were already like four years of working on it before I even got there. So things are much more mature and, you know, I'm lucky. I don't, I didn't have to do a whole lot in terms of, you know, trying to get people to buy into security and whatnot and get stuff started. So I'm fortunate enough to just relay any stuff that, you know, people might ever have questions on, you know, I can show you how somebody else did it, but didn't do it. My, in this case, didn't do it myself. I got a question for you, Ken. Uh, So you guys have product security teams and application security teams. You know, I almost said something about that, by the way, because you were talking about wanting to build stuff and we were talking about people that want to build stuff. And I, I almost said, you know, that, that, that's, that's the routes, you know, like you're seeing people kind of diverge within AppSec is like doing assessments. And Neil's a good example of that. Neil Matadal, or I'm always saying his (laughs) name wrong. Anyways, Neil from uh, GitHub um, and at NDM on Twitter he kind of went out of the assessment path and more into the, you know, building in security features. Anyways, well, we, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. Oh, no. <laughs> okay, we lost him again. <laughs> well, when he comes back, we'll, we'll talk through it. Um, so, yeah, so, like, you know, we'll have you back on. We'll, we'll talk through kind of what the experience has been, um, grill you again about, you know, all the things yeah because that's that's what you want right Um, i'm sorry guys (laughs) that's that's okay his question was uh related to like application search security versus product security um right like what the differentiation was for you guys at github maybe dang it i don't even know if you heard the question so i didn't hear the question appsec versus prodsec what are they 
Oh, okay. Uh, and hopefully I don't cut out for this. I'm almost going to have to like have you guys blink so I don't make sure I'm just do jazz hands and I'll know if you're good, if you're good. Anyways, uh, AppSec, think of it as doing assessments and review, um, defense sort of type thing. And you can think of ProdSec as more of the offense, building in the security features. For instance, at GitHub today, you may or may not have seen the release where I have been pwned database is um, tied to like password resets, signing up and creating an account. Anytime you enter in a password, um, to you know, you change a password or create a password, um, and that's yeah, that's tied into I have been pwns database. So uh, effectively, you know, looking to make sure you don't set your password as a compromised password. Um, that was an offensive type of thing, embedding two-factor auth into the signup or you know login flow. Rather, um, those are things that are considered to be offensive in product security. Um, so yeah. I don't know if that answers the question well enough, but that's, and I don't know if jazz hands, are we, are we good? Yeah, okay, still, cool. We're still talking. So. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's the product security people that we need to talk to to get an API for security alerts and have audit lock. Yeah. Oh, uh, good question. No. Actually, um, so for an API for audit logs, I remember we had this conversation. Um, yeah. I put in a feature request to product security. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do so. It's funny because I, I think, believe I did actually ask them. Like, What's that? He just needed to know how to route his request. He's looking at you for GitHub support right now. <laughs> just go to at Patrick Toomey or at NDM uh, on Twitter, and then you're, uh, you know, they'll they'll handle your. I did. I believe I actually asked them and uh, to find out that we didn't have one. So no problem. Yeah. Okay. So, like Ken, what else did we have on our list tonight? Right. I mean, um, I you kind of mentioned the the new GitHub feature uh, that had just come out. Um, I mean, yeah. like, do you have that? You know, the the list in front of you. Yeah, there was uh, one I didn't actually get a chance to read um, by, uh, uh, there was She Hacks Purple um, and uh, yeah, pushing pushing left like a boss. Um, but I didn't actually get a chance to read that. Um, that's, a, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, did you, you went to her talk. She was at Hack West. I don't know if you knew that. Yeah. No, I did. Yeah. Yeah. She gave the whole talk and now she's of this and then she's gonna she's doing a blog series of each section of the SDLC I think but it's it's really good stuff she gives a lot of recommendations she also I think she's the OAuth leader on Dev Slop yep I think is what it's called um, and so and she probably a good one to have on the show as well sometime yeah and I think she'll be down in you know speaking of which Ken I think she'll be down in Melbourne with us um, at AppSec Day yeah. right. Jealous of that, by the way. Yeah, that that, that should awesome. be a good one. So that and the. Uh, oh, that's USA. cool. I didn't. So she's she's going to be at uh, AppSec Day. Then that's cool. Yeah, I think so. I, I, and actually, you should get to know her better because I'm I'm pretty sure she works for Microsoft. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm fairly certain as well. So, yeah, I'm sure. Well, actually, that's the thing is, I actually want I do want to talk with Microsoft's um, security people uh, just to get to see how it all works at their scale. But that's a, 
I think more of a personal and maybe career kind of curiosity. So yeah, I mean, some she's good stories. Kind of a security advocate and seems to be, you know, they're using her as a security advocate to go around and talk about security as related to Microsoft and how, what she does over there. So um, yeah, at some point when we talk to her, we should definitely see about getting her on. Um, so, you know, Justin, otherwise, right? Like, do you have any other, anything else you want to talk about? Um, upcoming events. Yeah, upcoming events. I'm, I'm waiting on St. Con and Cactus Con. Okay. As are you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll see. I'd really like to go to LastCon this year, I think. So That but, CFP ends, I want to say today. Ooh, LastCon does. Yeah, let me check uh, my email. Nine hours yeah, ago. Yeah, it closes yeah, today. Still watch, right? <laughs> Wait, you can attend conferences yeah. and not speak, Ken? <laughs> did you know this? <laughs> I did not understand that concept when I first heard it. No, I seriously want to do it. Um, or I mean, I seriously want to go to LastCon, but it's just saying it's not going to happen with AppSec Day. And uh, oh, is it that same week? Well, I think it's in October and late October. Let me look. LastCon. I'm pretty sure it's late October, and I don't think I'll have. First of all, I'm not sure, you know, geographically if that'll work out, and the, then just being tired, even if it, do, you know, does. Yeah, yeah. I, well, no, I didn't realize it was there at the end of October. Uh, October is going to be pretty busy. Those of you that don't know, Ken and I are giving uh, training on uh, secure code review and how to perform secure code reviews at both AppSec USA and AppSec Day in Melbourne. Um, if you're interested in that, uh, let us know. Uh, we can point you at the, the signups. Um, but it should be a good good one. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we're already deep in you know, discussions on, on the course and how it's actually structured. Uh, we've got it all laid out, but now we've just got to execute on it, right? So it's something that we've done for years. I mean, Done a year of it. You've done a year of it. Yeah. It's not my strength, but it's it, it, it will helped. be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, no, like that was the, like the last year that was the skill that I developed the most, I think. Um, and it helps. I hate to admit it, but it helps when you're doing a pen test to have the code. Oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, definitely. you can see under the hood of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean well, yeah. Along those lines, right, you know, I was doing a code review today, right, and found a fairly, like, glaring what looked like an authentication issue. Like, uh, they had access to an API behind the scenes, right, there. So there was the login to the UI, and then there was an API request that was being called afterwards. Um, and they were, they had, they have planned functionality of implementing tokens. But as of right now, all you had to do was put in an authentication or an authorization header with any token value, and it would <laughs> accept it and let you into the into the API. It was pretty Did fun. you grab to do? Yeah. Honestly, I was following my process, right? I, I'd gone through like, okay, here's all my endpoints. Okay, here's the authentication endpoints. So I'm going to go look at how authentication is happening. And then I was like, wait a second. It's saying, does this token exist? And then passing it on, right? There's not actually <laughs> analyzing this token. This is awesome, right? Yeah. yeah it worked. It was awesome. Yeah. Right? So, so, I mean, the process works. That's what I'm saying, right? You know, you want so to like your guys' class can be a deep dive into your process. Yeah, yeah. Essentially. Yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, on so, several different languages. And also, who's the shill now promoting the uh, the course? Yeah, that's me. Yeah. 
no no yeah it, it, i don't know i'm i'm really excited to, to hand this stuff off because like you know you learn these things over the years and you get to pass it on to other people and then you know you hope that kind of lives on that technique that you know those it's not just one person you know that that's retaining that knowledge or sharing it so and hopefully it's, it's useful for people i'm sure it will be you know from like using burp and how to how to use burp suite pro effectively in an assessment and things like that you know it's it's kind of the same thing there's a lot of manual effort that goes into analyzing code so hopefully it'll be helpful and speed up your process and learning too so um well we should mention that next week we don't have a, an episode scheduled on tuesday because uh, next week is defcon and black hat we might do an impromptu sort of like on-site maybe on Friday or something like that, kind of, you know, uh, no promises might do something on site together uh, since we'll be in one place, but um, definitely nothing scheduled to, for next Tuesday. In two weeks, we come back with Jim Manico. I mean, yeah, that's J yeah, Jim Manico on August 14th. Um, we've got a great lineup. Um, uh, Jim Manico, Asta from uh, Singhal from um, Netflix, Matt Tassaro, Dave Ferguson, Rob Fuller, or at Mubix, however you know him, uh, Eric Johnson. So we've got we've got a bunch of people coming on the podcast over the next uh, couple months. So it's going to be a, a good one. But yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So if you, I mean, you should be familiar with Jim Manico. If you're not, uh, look up Manico. That's his training organization. Um, but he's one of the guys that. I don't know if he was he one of the founders of OWASP or he was involved right there at the beginning. I know. Yeah, he was a he was a leader in within OWASP. Um, he actually works with uh, now. So Jimmy and uh, and Jim, <laughs> Jimmy and Jim, they work together uh, under Manicode for to doing training. Jimmy does uh, the Kubernetes side. Um, Jim does the you know secure coding side. And Jim Manigo is going to, I just saw on Twitter today, he got asked to keynote at AppSec Cali. So he's going to be doing uh, AppSec Cali this year as the keynote. So cool. excited about that. Good. Yeah, well, we'll talk to him about that a little bit. Um, but that should be fun. I mean, the other names that you mentioned, like Eric, he's the primary for PumaScan, right? Um, so that's that's his baby. Uh, that's where I actually met him. Was it, a, I think, like a Black Hat Arsenal? Or something yeah. like that, right? Been, or no, I've been watching his videos. AppSec USA, he's been doing stuff for a while. So, um, yeah, we're there's a lot of good people that are coming on that we're excited to talk to, as well as Justin. You know, yeah. Seth, Seth, have you, I, Justin or Seth? I mean, have you guys done AppSec Cali yet? No, mm -mm. that's on my list. I, you know, I, I was just going to go look and see when the CFP is. Um, cause I, I definitely think I'd like to hit that one. It's January timeframe, right? Yeah. It's, it's beautiful too. Cause you think January and you're like, eh, but no, it's, it's on the beach. So it's like the perfect temperature in Santa Monica. It's at this beach house every year. Like it's a perfect setting. And then also it's not a huge conference. So you've got this really refined set of speakers, meaning, you know, it's very tailored, um, basically really good talks. Uh, and then also they've got, um, they've typically got some product security, related talks as well. So not only are the talks really good, the setting's beautiful, uh, good people, um, good conference. Um, it, you really can't go wrong. Yeah, well, maybe we should do like an absolute AppSec visits, AppSec Cali. Yeah. <laughs> I would like that. In fact, we should do like an Airbnb. I remember doing that one year and it was awesome. We got a loft on the beach. 
much cheaper. Now we're just going off the rails with, yeah, but, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's nice. It's very nice because you can walk to the, you can, it, the, the actual venues on the beach. So you can just walk to the venue. Like if you get a, uh, we rented a place that was on the, on the beach, it was a loft on the beach. And then we just, you can just literally walk the path up to the, uh, to the venue up right there on the beach. So it's really easy. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, that's one that's on my list. I mean, last con, well, I haven't done last con before either. I don't think Justin has either. That's been on there, but always seems to fall right at the same time as St. Con, Con and some of the other conferences that we go to. So it's always, you know, it's always kind of difficult to, to navigate that fall time frame as all the different conferences that pop up. So yeah. I think I'm saving my budget for local, local sec though. Oh, there you <laughs> go. That's the other one I need to do. Right. Boom. Yeah. In Hawaii, it's a real, it's a real, you know, it's a real, real tough place. Very, uh, <laughs> Very cold, very, uh, no, yeah, it's an awesome venue. Um, great talks. And honestly, the, the, the interesting thing about Logomogosec is, is that it's primarily a product security conference. So if you're playing defense, it's a really useful, um, yeah, if you're playing, if well, I know that's weird because I just said product security equals offense. But what I mean is, is if you're trying to, def if you're trying to, uh, um, if you're working at a company and you're not at a consultancy rather, so you're not attacking stuff for a living. Um, it's a really useful conference. Cool. A good offense is a good defense, or a good defense is a good offense. Yeah, whichever. <laughs> there you go. Cool. Well, uh, yeah, we've been going for, you know, just over an hour now. Um, any final thoughts, Justin? No. No? no I'm, I'm good. <laughs> He's good. <laughs> well, All thanks right, for joining us. Tonight, uh, no, we talked about the training, we talked about the um, next week, and still haven't sent out the swag for the next wave. So, if you want swag, send it to send your address um, to absoluteabsec at gmail.com. Uh, um, both of us will be there. Use Hacker Tracker. I'm gonna that is a good point. So, um yeah, you should, yeah, come find us or, you know, hit us up on Twitter. Uh, we're going to be around all during the conference. I'll be there the whole week. It sounds like Ken will be there at least for a couple of days. So, but we'd love to chat. Yeah, I'll bring out some stuff. You bring out some stuff. We'll stickers and buttons for people and yeah, yep. it should be fun. Cool. cool. Uh, all right. Thanks, everyone. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and and stop the broadcast. Have a good night. Okay. Thanks, everybody. See you. See you. All right. Thanks.